Welcome to another episode of Hood Rap to Head Rap. Is that what we used to do? We used to this do. This is our bicentennial. We're um, back. We're back like we never left. Like we never, we've been gone for a second. We're back like we never left. We've been gone for a minute. Yeah. And what do that mean? Uh-huh. And now I'm back with the drop off. I think we should start. The jump off. Yeah. Oh, dr- not drop off. <laughs> not like drop off at daycare. Yeah, see, is that part <laughs> of the like reason we should we've start been every episode with a song? No, babe. Please. Black people tell black history. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay, let's continuity do it. is just a abstract concept. There's We're gonna this. have to. Is this all gonna have to be edited out? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's do intros, okay. and let's jump into it. Okay. Intros um, and then. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's been a minute. We don't want to talk about how long it's been. We don't have to. You know, you both know, of us have different reports on how long it's been. You said it's been a year. I thought it's been a year. Tomato, tomato. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> well, at any rate, welcome to another episode of Hood, Hood Rat, Rat to Head, to head Rap. Rap. We're back for our fifth installment i actually don't know <laughs> if we are broken up into installments i don't know if we seasons are seasonal quarterly <laughs> i don't know uh, but we're gonna get our schedule together together <laughs> erica and i've had many arguments yes. um, about whether or not the podcast fits into our lives anymore mm-hmm. um that is a secret you know yeah. that yeah. i have been just you know, I have not, I have, of course, wanted to do it, but at the end of the day, I only have a finite capacity as we, as we both do. Yep. So while it is a labor of love and I like to think of it as a contribution to black um, revolutionary thought, if I can even call it that, I, I want to humble myself, but I want to, at least black critical consciousness and um avowal to black liberation and black people and um you know just having this be a guide and a resource whenever useful to yeah. people to black folks so uh and also trying to feed into myself at the same time while figuring out whether or not I even have the energy or the resources to be a resource yeah um and so I have been just toggling with that and really toggling with my own mental and emotional health. And I think that just because we talk about a, 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 the socio-political landscape um, of what it's like to be a black, queer, trans, and non-binary person in the world, that doesn't mean that we're not affected by it. You know, if we're talking about, for example, Queen Elizabeth's, you know, death, and we're talking about empire, we have to think of ourselves in some sense as a, as the subjects and as a, of that violence mm-hmm. and that colonial legacy and and how it's continued and how it lives in our mitochondrial DNA and in our bodies, but also how it lives in our corporeal everyday material reality. The fact that we have to work, um, you know, at all, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that we don't have time for the things that we might like to do, like this podcast, which is something that is. Very important to Erica, and you can talk about why it's been important to you. I know we didn't just kind of jump in this month. You just jump right What's in. going on, you everybody? I that. love all y'all. And Who I, are I you? Lord y'all. Jesus. Um, if you haven't <laughs> been here before, I'm surprised. 
Welcome. Who, you could welcome, be. Could welcome. Be Thank you. Welcome out there in TV land. I also like to talk to people. I also want to like he be wants a near response. you. He wants not, not even a response. I just you want wanna, a whole conversation. But in person or something where we can meet up. But see, it's people that listen in Idaho. Black people be in yeah. Idaho with the potatoes, making the good, the best potato salad. You feel because it's from Idaho. The best potatoes come from Idaho. That's what they said. But at the same Did time. Did they really write us that? No, like that's oh. the slogan for Idaho. Oh. The best, but no, somebody from but black somebody person did. from Idaho yeah. did. Oh, okay, right. Okay. Yeah, black person from Idaho did say that. You know, that I feel they like they listen. make their, their potato salad in Idaho with raisins. Absolutely, they yeah. Do. I don't even think they have potato salad out there. Watch hella people from Idaho start now. Message us. us. Let us know. We are racing black potato. Is that considered the Midwest? I would venture to say it is, and it's near the Midwest. It's somewhere <laughs> in Middle America. You can definitely okay, Middle America. You can for sure Middle America place it there. Okay, but people in Idaho may beg to differ. This is all stolen land anyway. That's okay. Facts. This is all stolen land. Facts. Inter Mountain West. Inter Mountain West. Inter Mountain West. Yes. Okay. Inter Mountain West. Didn't didn't realize that. But it's even, I've never known that as a geographical. Point. No, there's de- it's definitely geographical point. No, no, no. I yeah, I'm I'm clear now. But we, you know, it's all yeah. Turtle Island in the day. Okay. That's been you know that the part. economic infrastructure built by Black people. Yes. After indigenous and the land was stolen. Who are you? <laughs> well, if you're joining us, whether you be in Idaho, whether you be in um, Salvador, uh, Bahia, wherever wherever you may be tuning in from, East Oakland, yeah, Chicago, wherever y'all is on Brazil. TV land, um, thank you for listening. You have a myriad of options in the very saturated podcast landscape, but you choose to spend your your precious time energy. Um, here with us at Hood Rat to Head Rap. I really appreciate all y'all support, even in our absence, our brief hiatus to navigate uh, life. Life, <laughs> to navigate life and try to eke out some semblance of joy and care um, and so, while surviving. Yeah. Um, in some sense. So, and by that, I mean the joy of just not doing nothing if I yeah. can. But yeah, that's not possible. So. Who are you? Erica, stop asking me who I am. You haven't introed yourself. Okay. Y'all already, a lot of you, most of y'all know who I am. That's why I'm saying. No, a lot of them, some of them don't. So people just stop listening. Is that your preoccupation? You know what people ask me? What do you do? Me? Mm Mm-hmm. For work. Mm. So I think it would be good maybe to clear that up for people. No, I'm good. Just know I'm not. Look, I, I don't owe you no money. I don't. Whoever's asking that, I don't owe you any money. And if I did, I rest assured you get it on time, regardless of what my vocation may be. I want y'all to just auto generate what you might think. I let me did. let me interview you real quick. No, no. Yes, because you better interview. No, Ebony always wants guests. On the podcast, I feel like he gets tired of talking to me, it seems. That is a lie. So I talk to you all he's day like, let's day. have guests. Let's have guests. So I would just like to interview you quickly. What's your name? Ebony. <laughs> Welcome, Ebony, to Hood Rats Ahead. Thank you, Erica. Uh, how do you um, show up in the world? What? How do you identify? As black. Yes. As a black, queer, trans-masculine person. Sometimes a man, more, a little bit more than a man. Um... Because if man is mostly designated based on a, a cis 
gender scale, then I, I just don't want nothing to do with that. So I, I've been saying more than a man. My gender is in flux, but I definitely identify as a black, queer, trans person from DP Southland, 98. Y'all want my cross streets too? Y'all have a lot of questions. <laughs> it's just me. Y'all got my social security number too? <laughs> What's your astrological sign? It's a Gemini, babe. Why are you interviewing Because you me? won't intro yourself. I'll intro myself. My name is Ebony. I'm back. You already know. <laughs> You're about to go on another tangent. I'm not going on a tangent. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I don't know, y'all. Y'all talking about mental so health Ebony, awareness month. Yeah. Like, Ebony, you're not being, you're you're talking about mitochondrial DNA and colonialism mm-hmm. being seeped mm-hmm. into it and Queen Elizabeth. You need to be straight up. This is straight up that we have been going back and forth about this podcast. I was there talking been, about There that. have been quasi-arguments even about the podcast. In my opinion... When Ebony does something, it's miraculous. He puts his whole heart and feet into it. He doesn't want to do it anymore. So I feel like that is what was happening with the podcast, is that there were so many, we came out just with a bang. There were mm-hmm. so many excellent, we've had excellent episodes, like where we really addressed a whole myriad of topics that you we, that we could do on any other platform, but just they live better on a podcast. And I just feel like sometimes I know that you're tired, but I think that there's something deeper to it. Mm-hmm. And we don't have we can scratch this from the record. But if, if, if this is too this is too people too much in your business. But I just Absolutely. think I just <laughs> think that scratch it for the record. But I just think that there was something there for you that you're not saying personally about the podcast. Well, there's a few There's a few. I don't want to also take up space from your introduction. You understand? What We're saying? not there yet. That's fine. Uh, what <laughs> you, you, you got your uh, Sarah, Sarah Jesse <laughs> Raphael moment or? I'm ready for my intro. I'm you ready. You know what I'm saying? Or you'll feel Donahue or you, feel, you always want to do this? <laughs> I know that it's going to take a second for you to warm up. I'm warming. <laughs> uh, look. You're asking me what's there for me also about the podcast podcast is that you also just get tired of talking about racism and all this other shit that's going on. Sometimes you just want to go and you want to it it drives you to the to a, a, a bad mental state to talk about it rather than just going ahead and being like. White people just need to be slapped sometimes. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I got to intellectualize about my pain. I have to intellectualize about my intellectualizing about my pain. It's just so mm-hmm. weighted mm-hmm. and so heavy when I think that my responses to the violence that we face in this world um, doesn't always live on a podcast. What I think is the best response or what my politic as it evolves and grows feels is generative for me Mm -hmm. um, and generative for how I want to move about the world in response to genocide, continue genocide against black people. Yeah. Um, So it's like, I don't, sometimes I feel like it's not even fair to just talk about it. Yeah. Or to do a podcast about it. It it seems sometimes so minuscule as if it doesn't help. Yeah. um, Or if it's just, a vanity project, mm-hmm. which I know for us it's not because it's excruciating to do this. Yeah. Um, it takes us a long time. It takes a long time to edit this thing. It takes a long time to even get the gumption to record or the time um, outside of work or outside of our daily life to even do this. And that's one, one of Ebony's vocations 
is that he is an audio engineer. So Ebony yes. is the producer or was the producer I am still and the, the audio engineer of this. He has been demoted for the sake of his mental health, not for his skill, but he is taking a hiatus from being the audio engineer on this podcast because it takes him a very long time because again, we, we don't have a full studio in our house. We have... What, what garage band? Yamaha you know, it, HSA and, and Ebony is a Gemini and, you telling people and a the, perfectionist. You told them the whole the digital thing. audio workstation <laughs> that I'm using. You just did. I could have sat up here and lied and said I was using Logic or some shit. You <laughs> Pro Tools or something. You just sat up here and put me on Mac Blast. That was you. But so he's needed to. I think that has been an aspect too. Is that I don't think people understand how much work goes into doing a podcast. We don't just come to these microphones and start recording. Mm. We have to actually sit down and consider what are the topics that we want to cover, do research, and then we are also the ones who are producing it. And Ebony is the one that is mostly producing and editing. I, I, I try to send him some articles, but you've seen our resource list. Like every single episode is chock full with resources, GoFundMe's to support, Venmo's to support. That's Ebony. So that is a big part of the work that Ebony does. And Ebony is also my manager. And we have constant emails and constant work to do, which we are happy and blessed about. Allegedly, there's a recession coming. So we're going to need to keep the money coming in and save our coins um, so we stay prepared. Right. But that takes and up a lot of our dollar. That takes a lot of our time. And we, we're tired. So to do something that we don't get paid to do, Right. But it still requires a lot of labor oftentimes is is something that falls on the back burner, unfortunately. Yeah. So that's that's where we've been. And we also don't just work. <laughs> we we have lives. We have personal lives. We have family. I think sometimes people see um, folks on the Internet or get to know their Internet personalities and think, oh, that this is what they're doing all the time, laughing and dancing and talking about race and racism and you know, having watching TV or whatever. It's like everything you see that we do, you think we that's what our life is. Right. Not us navigating the various right. things that come up um, mm -hmm. on, on a regular basis. Right. We right. don't we don't actually share so much of our personal life. I think people think that we share a lot um, and we do, but it's not you don't know you're not all in our business. So there's things that people don't see. And those are the things that also keep us from doing this podcast. So that's where I would say. We've been. I would say it'd be easier if we did have internet personalities because then it's it's kind of ready made. We you yeah. get to see us on the internet. Yeah, and, and we could just come here and talk about our just our life because we only talk about our life for like the first fifteen minutes. And which Erica and well, so now I enjoy are, that. Now let me tell you. Let me. But I always <laughs> say, don't let the left hand know what the right is doing. And yeah. my, our good, our good homegirl El Hearns already says, or El Moxie, Moxie. rather, always says, you know, the internet is not a container for vulnerability, in particular social media. Mm -hmm. It's not a container for vulnerability. Yeah, it's not. And motherfuckers use it against you and they misconstrue mm -hmm. things that you say and um, it's it's giving Cointelpro. Yeah. You know, it's, yep. that's that's just kind of how 100%. Surveillance, um, it's just an easier surveillance tool um, for black folks. Yeah. Um, but I will ask you, one, who is you, and to introduce yourself. Okay. You don't want to ask me questions or... How, well, wow. How, well, I'll ask you a question, introduce yourself, and then <laughs> reintroduce yourself, and then reintroduce yourself for people who might not be familiar with the head wrap portion. Oh. That is 
duo. Uh, did you explain the hood rap portion? Explain the hood rap portion. Hood rap to head rap is not. We're in conversation with one another. It's not like a head rap is the respectability. Yeah, you know, it's not like we're aspiring to go from hood rap to head rap. It's hood rap to head rap and head rap to hood rap. We could really switch it up on you. Yeah, in conversation and dialogue with one another. I'm just a self-avowed hood rat, and Erica wears a lot of hair. Lots. Yeah. Um. Who am I? My name is Erica. I am a black queer. Non-binary femme, don't identify as a woman or a lady. I am also a breast cancer survivor, so you may or may not have seen me topless on the internet a few times. Maybe not at all. I am topless on the internet often. Um, and I'm also a sex educator. So I've been teaching sex ed for the past 12 years. Well, you also <laughs> forgot one important note for What's people that? who are new is that we are partners. Yes. In life. Ebony is my romantic partner. Yes, we are romantic. Not just my manager life. and my producer. Yeah. He is my producer in sex. Romantic <laughs> sex. <laughs> 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 uh, <boy. laughs> he produces our porn. I'm just Ooh. kidding. <laughs> We can talk. Now that's that's another episode. We that's should do an episode. episode on porn. We should. How porn is not reality. Yes. Yeah, and how most yes. of the major porn companies is only <clears throat> most of the major porn billion dollar are, industry. Yeah, billion dollar industry, but they're only owned by like two or three companies. What are those? Um, porn. There, I, I will. We need to really do an episode read, on this. I will bring it back. I don't know the name, but Pornhub and I think XTube and some of the other X videos. I know too many of these motherfuckers. Yes, they're you do. Owned Nasty. By, no, I'm also I'm off porn though because it's just it's bad. Yeah, <clears throat> but they're only owned by conglomerates. I think one okay. of which is a Canadian company that owns a great deal of the websites that you see. You think are distinct websites, but they're just subsidiary companies and brands of a larger of a few larger. Porn white cis man owned porn companies that okay. gives you some insight into what is being marketed to you on these porn websites. But that's another. Episode. I also have a theory that a lot of the shows that are current, like what is the crap you watch, Game of Thrones. Ugh, what is it? Got House of Dra- the Dragons. House of Dra- the Dragons. House of Dragons. Um, what's the show with Zendaya? Uh, Euphoria. Euphoria. All those shows play off of the, a lot of the themes that you see in porn. Absolutely. Um, and the things um, like most, porn. yeah, most search things like teens having sex, like underage sort of ch- like actual um, images of child sexual images, abuse. Yeah, of child sexual abuse, right? Non-consensual. <clears throat> and I yeah. think these shows are kind of playing off of that. So I would love to do a podcast. We gonna, That's just an aside. We're going to talk about what we got coming up next because, you know, we got things marinating in the potty. Yeah, we're back. We, we're back. I, I guess we say all, all of that to say that we're back. We having an existential crisis yeah. and living in this country <laughs> and being black and queer and yes. we're living in it and we're talking about empire and we're in an empire. Yeah. And... You know, but let explain why you want to do this podcast and why you be arguing me down and and causing <laughs> issues to where we have to go to couples therapy <laughs> behind wasting valuable time at couples therapy behind this argument that we've had about to podcast or not to podcast. Well, a theme in our therapy sessions is for I'll let y'all know is for me to be flexible Mm-hmm. I think the it's really for us to be flexible, yes. but I think the the that messaging is really towards me, mm-hmm. someone that 
is a, a bit of a control freak. And once I commit to something, I've committed to it. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to stop doing that thing, I need an announcement. I need to have a sort of a send off. I need some sort of closing of it. And I don't like to just end things necessarily. Um, I like there to be something more. And But I also, if that's what we were going to do with the podcast. But the other side of it is that people are messaging us asking for it Mm -hmm. right and there's people telling us you know like i'm a black queer person in the middle what is it intermountain intermountain region and i don't have anybody to talk to like i listen to y'all as to connect like that just breaks my heart open that they don't one have anybody to connect to that looks like them Mm -hmm. but then i also am just like i want to be able to keep providing that right for whoever whoever Mm -hmm. feels that way even if you just listen to us and hate listen i don't care like i just i think it is um a better container than uh, instagram or tiktok or youtube even we've tried to do youtube channels and those they just fall by the wayside i mean i don't all the love and support to youtube creators i don't know where y'all find the time i just don't know anyway well that's a that's a Again, it just, it's a it's, class conversation. It's, it's a, a class conversation. A racialized 100%. conversation. There, there's a privileged conversation. 100%. And who has the time to endeavor these creative endeavors in a way that that a lot of these, the people who are prominent yeah. on these platforms do yeah. in a lot of ways. So I just don't want, and my, and my biggest part of this is I do podcasts for other people. I have to show up for work for all the gigs that I have. Mm-hmm. I can't cancel on those. I can't be like, I'm done. I could, mm-hmm. but that's my livelihood. And I feel like I'm showing up to everybody else's creative pursuits. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to continue pouring into what we're doing. Yeah. So that is what's my biggest thing of yeah. like, why can't we just keep giving to what we're doing and not just to what everybody else wants and yeah. fitting ourselves into whatever they need or want to sell or whatever it or what be. is expected of us mm-hmm. it's yeah. like we started this podcast because you were like we should just have a place to put all our thoughts it really it was, was. it really because we had like a thousand instagram stories on one particular topic and it just made sense to do a podcast where we could just talk for an hour without worrying about is it going to cut us off on instagram yeah are we going to get reported <laughs> <laughs> Why would they want to do a thing like that? We're angel babies from heaven. (laughs) Well, I'll say that Erica has really heartened me in the sense that you have always been a proponent of us doing this podcast, not just because of what it means for other people. And we are hella appreciative and it just it does break our hearts open and we do it 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 does give us that fuel and that drive to continue y'all support like i cannot overstate that enough mm-hmm. but i eric has also been a proponent for us doing it because it's something that we want to do yeah. and having it look like how we want to look how yeah. we want it to look rather than the performance anxiety of it got to look the way another motherfucker wanted to look because they're going to listen or you know, oh, we haven't done it in so long. Are people no longer going to listen? And what would this podcast be? Would we still do it if nobody listened? Yep. If it had like three listens, mm-hmm. you know, rather than whatever it got, which I don't even look at the stats of the podcast anymore. I only looked at it probably like for a year or two. Yeah. And I, I very rarely, if I log on to SoundCloud or something, because that's where the RSS feed comes from, 
Um, all this little shit like that. Like, if I go on Spotify at the end of the year, they'll say, this is your stats for head rap to head rap. But I'm not overly concerned about that. I think I'm just concerned about what what we're actually talking about. Yeah. Um, and what it's actually like to be in this world in this way. It's almost like I would rather just go to the person who doesn't have somebody to connect with and connect, connect with them. Like there's, yeah. I think a podcast, it definitely has value, but I'm also like for my own politic, as it molds and shapes and grows and changes, like what else toward black liberation, what else more mm-hmm. can I be doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? With, and without shitting on what we're already doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 100%. So that's our little, that's, that's our, our That's our spiel. That's our yeah. spiel. About yes. where, where, that's a part where of where we've we been. have been. Yes. And and we're back. We're back. Ish. We're back. We're back. <laughs> we're back. We have in a lot thing. going on. We we will share more in episodes to come, what we've been up to more in more detail. I think it just needs a whole podcast to itself. Um, some of the things we've been up to, but we will get to those things. Yes. Yes. Y'all got to stay tuned. Stay tuned for more. So we're going to get into this episode right, right away. It's, how do you get into multiple genocides that have not ended? Well, first by saying that we are now going to talk about multiple genocides. So mm-hmm. we ask that you take care of yourselves as you best as you know how, mm-hmm. as we get through a lot of this conversation and it could be um, obviously triggering yes. for to listen, but also want to hold space for folks who have family members in um, any place that genocide is occurring. Um, or who or, are also directly impacted. Yeah. As we know, October 7th, the United States and most Western media and the Israeli media Um, would try to have the world believe that Hamas did some unprovoked attack that one of the most wealthiest militaries with some of the most sound and well-funded intelligence agencies in the world that they, you know, had no knowledge and that it was just so unprovoked in Israel and all of its um, innocence as a nation state born out of pure displacement of Palestinian people and genocide of Palestinian people for over a hundred years that they were just somehow caught off guard and they are now the world's um, darling and victim and that all attention and support should be on Israel and Israeli government. I stand with Israel as we are because now. Because you are anti-Semitic if you do not. Yeah, yeah, and that's the biggest mm-hmm. part is the a false renewed interest in anti-Semitism because as mm-hmm. we know and as you talk about as well, ain't n- nothing that the Israeli government is doing in occupied Palestine is related to fighting anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Anti-Semitism is being used as a way to forward a Zionist agenda. It is simply just a talking point 
And it's one that the world's powers and white people can sort of rally around um, as genocide is truly the true imperative and the real reason for people's support. That's, mm-hmm. that's the real imperative and aim of the Israeli government is to wipe out Palestinians. It's not for a two-state solution wherein Palestinian people would then be given some of their land back and then forced to share with the Israeli government. The Israeli officials and some of the highest um, officials in Israeli government have been very frank in saying that um, they do not want a Palestinian state and a Palestinian state to them would mean the end of all the, the entire Jewish people. And that Palestinian people need to be wiped out and there there should be no Palestinian state and that a two-state solution is not what they're interested in at all, mm-hmm. even if they say they are. Mm-hmm. And to illustrate this point more clearly and to really put it in, it's really coming from the horse's mouth, um, a major right-wing party in Israel called the Likud Coalition, they made... Israel's objections are very plain. In the 1999 electoral program, and I'm reading from Noam Chomsky's definitive work on the the U.S.'s um, direct involvement in complicity in the genocide against Palestinian people by Israel. And so I'll read you a passage here. It says... The 1999 electoral program of the governing Likud coalition, never rescinded, quote, flatly rejects the establishment of a Palestinian Arab state west of the Jordan River. With regard to Gaza, contrary to much propaganda about Israel's noble aims in disengaging from the devastated region, the architect of the disengagement, Prime Minister Sharon's associate, Dove Westglass, informed Israeli press with refreshing honesty that, quote, the significance of the disengagement plan is the freezing of the peace process. And when you freeze that process, you prevent the establishment of a Palestinian state and you prevent a discussion on the refugees, the borders, and Jerusalem. Effectively, this whole package called the quote-unquote Palestinian state, which would be a part of the quote-unquote two-state solution, I'm adding that, with all that it entails, has been removed indefinitely from our agenda. And all this with the authority and permission of the U.S. presidential blessing and the ratification of both houses of gov- of Congress. Talking about the U.S. Congress. It's like, come on now. They, they, they're telling you this in plain language. So people is trying to make fetch happen about Israel and Israel's plight and Israeli government in a rocking hard place. It's just not true. It's all false. Anything that y'all are adding to it is extra. Any affect, any sentimentality they're telling you. This is a military, economic, diplomatic, ideological war in the truest sense of the term. And so I just feel like I want to it's just so much to 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 talk about and to presence, but I think what would be helpful is to get into what the United Nations definition of genocide is. Yeah. The definition in Article 2 of the 
Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide, which was created in 1948, around the time that Israel became a nation state and was granted that status in due in large part to Western countries, to the U.S. and Britain and France. Mm -hmm. So their definition is... A crime committed with the intent to destroy a national, ethnic, racial, or religious group in whole or in part. It does not include political groups or so-called cultural genocide. So what is the issue with the UN not stopping what's happening in Palestine, if that is the definition? And Netanyahu, the current government, Israeli government, has made it plain that they are going to not be stopped and they're not going to follow any sanctions by mm-hmm. the UN. So they're going to continue to detonate the palace, the re- what is left of Palestinian land. Cause as you said, this has been going on for a hundred years. What then is stopping? What mm-hmm. then is the purpose of the UN is my question. Because uh, if they mm-hmm. are unable to hold countries to account then what is the what's the point that's a great question i think the 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 easiest answer is that the u.n and nato forces are was created in order to protect western white countries interest in the world Mm -hmm. and to further um colonize but under a more sanctioned body Mm -hmm. called the united nations Mm -hmm. i don't actually think that it's like, for example, you know, the UN, you know, the International Court, you know, they voted to, um, mm-hmm. to, to decline asking Israel for a ceasefire. To de- they declined demanding a ceasefire. And they said, feed the Palestinians essentially before you kill them. Yes. So the, the, the UN, whose definition of genocide is the most widely accepted the same UN is deciding to not demand that a genocide ends. It's, it's opting out. It's opting to not stop one, mm-hmm. even though it meets all the criteria. What's happened? What the Israeli government is doing to Palestinian people meets all of that criteria. And then you'll hear white scholars and and all type of uh, scholarship that tries to call into question. I can never understand how white people become the authority on what is a genocide or what is not. The people who stand to benefit most um, economically, socially, and politically from genocide are the people who are often looked to to decide what a genocide is and what it's not. What's ethnic cleansing and what's not. The people who will be least likely to So what the UN also did is that they hearkened back to October 7th. So what are your thoughts on the Hamas attack and people mentioning that as a reason for Hamas, for Israel, excuse me, to continue causing harm to the Palestinian people because that's they're claiming that they're out to protect themselves because Hamas wants to quote of quote this quote is based on the Israeli government this is not anything I've seen but any Hamas paperwork any sort of uh, literature (laughs) nothing that says they want to wipe Jews off the planet no 
So what is your response to that? It's just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, in I believe in around August, the people in Israel, um, and I'll say this, people who are allowed to vote, um, white Israeli Jews, people who are considered human and considered citizens, they were protesting Netanyahu, who was actually trying to usurp the courts and have the court system come under governmental control and to completely do away with any type of checks and balances in and the judiciary in Israel. And so the um, you uh, lots of people, I think thousands of people in Israel took to the streets. These are some of the same people that are now being Islamophobic or have been mm-hmm. the same people who are sanctioned in genocide, who are participating in it actively, um, who are complicit in it, were protesting the Israeli government, I think as early as August of, of 2023. Yeah. That's only two months before mm-hmm. this supposed um, unprovoked attack. Um, I also believe in, in April during Ramadan, the Israeli government attacked the Al-Aqsa Mosque in an act of terrorism, Islamophobic terrorism. I will link you absolutely to that. But that all of that is part and parcel of a larger a larger occupation of Palestinian land, a larger theft a Palestinian land by the Israeli government for over a hundred years. So it don't matter what happened on October 7th. It don't matter what happened on October 9th. It don't matter what happened through the 3rd of September. Mm-hmm. It does not matter when we know that the only way that Israel came to be is through the displacement and murder of Palestinian people. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand this narrative that there is some more complicated features of this genocide versus all the other genocides that happened the, in the intent behind a genocide. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is so complicated. And you, you just want to understand what's happening in the Levant and happening in the Middle East. And that is a way to infantilize a largely black populace that's actually protesting against all this shit. Yeah. Um, one piece that I think you would want in here that I think we should discuss is from Freedom is a Constant Struggle by Angela Davis, uh, Ferguson, Palestine, and the Foundations of a Movement. And uh, I think this is the last chapter. She's talking about what you just mentioned, the um, convention in 1948. And she says, the term genocide has usually been reserved for particular conditions defined in accordance with the United Nations Convention on the Prevention of Punishment of Crime of Genocide, which uh, was adopted on December 9th, 1948, in the aftermath of fascist scout scourge during World War II. Some of you are probably familiar with the wording of that convention, but let me share it with you as a definition that Ebony just read. This convention was passed in 1948, but it was not ratified by the U.S. until 1987, almost 40 years later. However, just three years after the passage of the convention, a petition was submitted to the United Nations by the Civil Rights Congress of the U.S. charging genocide with respect to black people in the U.S. This petition was signed by luminaries such as W. Du Bois, 
who at the time was under attack by the government. It was submitted to the UN in New York by Paul Robinson and was Paul Robeson. Robeson, sorry. And it was submitted in Paris by the civil rights attorney William L. Patterson. Patterson was at the time the head of the Civil Rights Congress. He was a black member of the Communist Party, a prominent attorney who had defended the Scottsboro Nine. His passport was taken away when he returned. This was during the era in which communists and those who were accused of being communists were seriously under attack. In the introduction of this petition, one can read the following words. Out of the inhuman black ghettos of American cities, out of the cotton plantations of the South, comes this record of mass slayings on the basis of race, of lies deliberately deliberately warped and distorted by the willful creation of conditions making premature death, poverty, and disease. It is a record that calls aloud, uh, aloud for condemnation for an end to these terrible injustices that constitute a daily and ever-increasing violation of the United Nations Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide. The introduction continues, we maintain, therefore, that the oppressed Negro citizens in the United States, segregated, discriminated against, and along the target of violence, suffer from genocide as the result of the consistent, conscious, unified policies of every branch of government. They go on to put out that they will submit evidence proving in accordance with the convention the killing of members of the group. They point to the police killings. This is 1951, killings by gangs, by the uh, Ku Klux Klan, uh, and other racist groups. They point out the evidence concerns thousands of people who have been beaten uh, to death on chain gangs and in the back rooms of sheriff's offices and in the cells of county jails and precinct police stations and on city streets who have been framed and murdered by sham legal forms and by legal bureaucracy. They also point out that a significant number of black people were killed allegedly for failure to say sir to a white person or to tip their hats or move aside. I mentioned this historic petition against genocide first because such a charge could have also been launched at the time based on the mass slaughters of Armenians, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So what Davis is doing here is showing essentially the uselessness of the UN because if we're going to create a definition for genocide and black Americans are not first or that the state of US the the US state is not going to be charged with genocide immediately due to the history the presence everything that was named there's no way that they're going to call genocide for Palestine no like that that it's already written that this is the UN operates similar in my brain like a non-profit Nonprofits, most of them, not all of them, but most of them exist to keep a problem around. They don't exist to actually get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So if the problem stays, the executive director and all the C-suite, the board continue to get funding. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what they want. So if, for example, if homophobia goes away, what's the purpose of GLAD? Yeah. Right. They don't want that. They want it to continue so that they can continue to be the source where we go when we learn about someone being harmed due to homophobia so that we can then donate mm-hmm. or participate in their programming. Yes. So, so really, really so that they can get solicit donations. Right. So the yeah. UN it, it, to me acts as almost like a symbol. It's something that exists on the uh, essentially the 
Hudson, is it on the Hudson or it's the East? The East River, like it's all the flags. It's just, it's just symbolic. Like I have not known the UN to intervene in anything. And correct me if I'm wrong or I need to read more history, but I'm not seeing how they're useful in some of the most atrocious uh, events in history. Yes. And I think. I thought you might want to have that. It it thinks it makes me think about what is happening on the continent. What's happening Mm -hmm. in Africa all all throughout the continent, but especially in Sudan, especially in the Congo and Niger and in Chad and and Somalia and the list really goes on. Nigeria, the list is it, it, expansive. I think what I don't now that genocide is sort of re has re-entered the national or the international zeitgeist and at least in the US people have a renewed interest in it and talking about it. I do feel like there is something about talking about Palestine in particular, and that goes for even somebody like Angela Davis and some of the other, you know, black intelligentsia or, you know, these, you know, legendary abolitionists. There's something in vogue about talking about Palestine versus also including genocides that are happening on the continent and in particular Sudan in the Congo, like there had to be reminders. There had mm-hmm. to be this this push to say, hey, while you are talking about Palestine, do not forget what is also happening in Congo and Sudan. Yeah. So I'm wondering like, Sorry, in the not- neoliberal, liberal, even progressive leftist imagination, there's not much room to talk about Congo and Sudan and talk about colonialism and imperialism as it iterates itself on the continent, particularly with Sudan, there, and I think a part of the reason why is, is that there is people, people are having trouble, I think, reconciling that what is happening in Sudan is Arab governments and Arab groups and Arab backed militias, the Sudanese backed militias, have historically marginalized and been killing and committing genocide against black Africans. So that so Arab people are fancying themselves and Arab governments are fancying themselves as white and aligning themselves with white Western governments, i.e. the U.S. and France. Yeah. So that has been a big part of what is happening there. And I think that's also when people think of a Palestinian person, they are thinking of an Arab person who is white. Mm-hmm. That's why there is not much attention paid to the to how. Um, genocide is being enact- enacted against Ethiopian Jews and mm-hmm. how genocide is being enacted against Afro-Palestinian people, people's imaginations uh, in terms of race and in terms of the scope of anti-blackness is very, very limited. Yeah. You know, so that's my, that's kind of my whole thing is there are the Masalit people and the Fool people and the Zagawa people in Sudan who are being targeted by Arab-backed militias and the Sudanese government, which is, in many ways, a puppet government or one of the puppet governments, just like governments in Rwanda and other places. Those, those all, those militias are in, due in some part to U.S. interference and militarization on the continent yeah. for, in a battle for natural resource. Yeah. And also what's particular about Sudan is those are particularly agrarian cultures, the African ethnic groups alongside Arab 
ethnic groups in the regions battling for natural resources that are now being dwindled and reduced due to climate change. Climate change largely caused by U.S.-led capitalism and globalization, U.S., Britain, and French capitalism and globalization. So all this shit is connected, and if all of it is connected, all of these genocides, then what are people's gaps and blind spots in talking about Congo and Sudan? There's a, a white person right now online uh, did a TikTok. It said, we just adopted a baby, a black baby. How, we don't know how to care for his hair. And uh, Cheska Lee did a video that was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And people were like, what's wrong with him asking for support? That is the issue. Mm-hmm. That's the issue, mm-hmm. is that white people are never, ever, ever, and anybody that has proximity to them, ever in the wrong for the violence and the mm-hmm. harm that they cause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are always uh, allowed some sort of support. Mm-hmm. They are always allowed some innocence. Benefit of the doubt, is Israel committing genocide? Right. Is it wrong to be a Zionist? How can we make space for Zionists? Right. I mean, these questions, this these are is- all popular Questions that we are supposed to humor as principle and as a part of some radical, like no, mm-hmm. like it, it's that. So that's a very, very good point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I feel like there people are charging. Also, people just like you said, anything happening to black people is supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Africa. And people's very parochial and limited imagination is marked by instability. Right. Just like Libya and Syria marked by instability. Yep. Ukraine, innocent, white people, blonde hair, blue eyes, can't believe gotta, they're being killed. You gotta say that. You understand? You gotta say that. So, all of this is really... Yeah. You gotta say um, that. And, like, you just brought it back to black trans women where I'm like domestic and when people keep talking about genocide I now realize that the conversation about genocide is now being forced inside of a more international geopolitical lens where it's yeah. like we okay 2020 mm-hmm. more the police started tracking the murders mm-hmm. their the own police forces which is dubious and you can't really believe any type of data they keeping mm-hmm. but 2013 US Police forces started to track the number of black people that a number of people that they've killed, mm-hmm. number of civilians. In twenty twenty, that number was highest than it's ever been since twenty thirteen. It might be the most people recorded on record killed by the police. This is also at a time where the murders of black trans people, particularly black trans women, is at their highest. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to me that in twenty twenty. There was some understanding that there's a genocide against black people. I don't even think there was an understanding, but there was more of a rally and cry around the murders and the extrajudicial killings of black people by uh, the state. There was more of an understanding of that. Or, I don't know what the fuck was going on in 2020, which is important for us to talk about. What it, it's, it's almost like the white people in particular, we go, I say that Outrage is selected and the level of outrage and the level of attention that any issue garners is almost self-selected by what white people think. Like what you said, you know, we saw about the other day where you were like, you know, you don't lose your job 
by mm-hmm. talking about genocide in the Congo mm-hmm. or Sudan. Mm-hmm. You, there, the, the governments of Britain and the United States, white, um, right-wing Republican elected officials are not going out of their way to say, hey, if you talk about genocide broadly happening anywhere, particularly in the Congo and Sudan, that you're going to lose your job or that it's taboo. There is no, um, you're not going to get doxxed. Um, like often people are getting doxxed and, you know, motherfuckers, white people are going on people's pages and calling, you're not going to be charged with being um, it's anti-Semitic or any of these things. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, they're not going to be a lot of ramifications or repercussions for talking about genocide as enacted elsewhere or as mm-hmm. that's happening elsewhere. But when it comes to this protected status around Israel, I don't know if this is the world's rallying around Israel that was created a long time ago, like the United States government really being like, we love Israel, every government, no government going against it, no government administration in the United States ever going against Israel ever throughout the history of the United States government um, as an international diplomatic history. So I'm like, I don't know why that is the case. Is it just that people think that black people get hurt and that there's a narrative around Africa that's marked by instability, but people are not putting two to two together that that's caused by U.S. military intervention. Um, There's multiple genocides on the continent that include U.S. and NATO, U.N. military intervention, but nobody's saying anything about that. And I guess I'm just wondering. I mean, I think we underestimate how violent the state is mm-hmm. and the lengths that it will go to silence people. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were had vitriol towards a statement of Black Lives Matter. And mm-hmm. I think maybe mm-hmm. we lived in a little bit of a bubble that we saw that, but not to the same extent as mm-hmm. the people in Ferguson. Right. Mm-hmm. We didn't see that to the same extent as uh, anywhere else, honestly, mm-hmm. outside of these major cities. And that does not mean that mm-hmm. harm was not being caused in major cities because it was. But there's this ruse that has to be kept up in major cities that you're liberal or liberal leaning. Yes. So you won't say things outwardly. But mm-hmm. in some of these other places, they're saying it outwardly. It's a problem if you have Black Lives Matter on your lawn, right? It's silly up here. Like, it, it is really a symbol. But there, it's like an actual state statements, right? To go out and protest, black people were dying, like mm-hmm. have continuously been murdered by the state for speaking out. Or surveil. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. Day just passed. I mean, he was surveilled and murdered by the state. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? He was critiquing capitalism, and he said, "I had a dream." Like right. he also said, "I love Israel." Yeah, and Israel was the the, the U.S.'s greatest ally. Couldn't but, put in but a my, word. But for my Martin. point is, is that even though he said those things, it didn't keep him alive. No, he didn't say anything other than, "I want people to be equal." Like, and then what? I mean, when he started critiquing capitalism, then it was like, "No." But they there's so much vitriol. Mm-hmm. to people who essentially 
scientific racism has garnered them to be seen as inferior Mm -hmm. fighting up against that becomes a problem to the state because they've done so much work to convince us that Mm -hmm. we are not worth shit. Mm -hmm. So why would we be speaking? Why would we speak out? Like I think so much about, I don't, maybe this is because I'm writing a lot, but I think so much about slave revolts. And Mm -hmm. I think about just in general, uh, enslaved people fleeing, I'm sorry, enslaved people fleeing the plantation. Mm-hmm. Literally, these motherfuckers would go out and look for them, created mm-hmm. whole teams to have enslaved people return to the plantation. Yes. There was no consideration of how violent. Right. I don't even think many of us, unless you study uh, uh, chattel slavery, truly understand how violent that institution was. Right. Like mm-hmm. and, and the, the fact residual that it, effects of it to this day. Right. And the fact that it continues in the form of prisons, we certainly do not talk about enough. Yes. But if we have any conversation about abolition, do you see how upset people get? I mean, it's it's not. But they're not getting upset to the level that I've seen people get upset when Israel is critiqued. I mean, this is this is in the same ways that we have been taught that white people are better. Is Israelis have been taught that they are better. If you want to break it down, Ashkenazi Jews have been taught that they are better. When Ashkenazi Jews migrated to Israel to essentially support the that colonial state, mm-hmm. Mizrahi Jews were subjugated. Mm-hmm. Right? And in fact, like, that was a created socio-political term. It's not ethnic in nature. It was right. really created inside of Zionism right, to call but, some to separate right yeah. exactly just mm-hmm. the separation in general mm-hmm. but then also Arab Jews Afro Arab Jews they were thought to be trash mm-hmm. right these sort of these sort of categorizing these levels uh, 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 essentially social buckets get created and people start to believe it and they start to not just believe it but they have institutional power backing it yes there is a lot of the entire united states military is supporting the state of israel that is institutional power on a whole Mm -hmm. other level Mm -hmm. who met black people in the streets that was the U.S. military mm-hmm. in whole riot gear. Or, or the U.S. state and local police forces that are also highly militarized and be using the same fucking guns and all that same the artillery, same gas, weapons, all that shit. Yes, that on black people. Yes. We were so much of a, we are so much of a threat to the state that that's what they felt like they needed to use. That is what they do to support Israel to rid Palestinian people from this planet and it's but but on a but and on a micro level I am wondering there again the dichotomy that I think is seen on both ends where there's a lot of vitriol if you call out genocide that's happening in Palestine the fact that we even have we even use the term Israel 
is yeah. a byproduct yeah. of propaganda there. Yeah. The state of Israel only exists through genocide. I mean, the, the young fact- people have renamed it isn't real. I mean, so I, I mean it's really more to, accurate. To even to participate in the delusion that Israel could ever be a democracy. I believe there was um, a... Yes, his name was Ehud Barak, and he was the prime minister of Israel, I believe, in like 1999 or 2001. And he, you know, don't believe us, don't take it from us. We Again, we going straight from the horse's mouth. He's quoted as saying, and I think in 2010, as long as in this territory west of the Jordan River, there is only one political entity called Israel. It is going to be either non-Jewish or non-democratic. If this block of millions of Palestinians cannot vote, that will be an apartheid state. It already exists there now. It already exists. All this one-sided rhetoric and mythology around Palestinian terrorism and condemning Hamas and Israel being some beacon for democracy and weaponizing anti-Semitism while committing violence and allowing violence against Jewish people as well by the Israeli government. It's, it's all a distraction. So we're not thinking about the finer details of what is happening even deeper behind the scenes or the history of the United States' involvement and their oil interest, but not just their interest, but what they will do to satisfy those interests, the lengths that they will go. There is no need to talk about um, Hamas if you're not also going to be talking about how the United States funds terrorism and terroristic groups. They do it here with the whole, with most of the majority of our police forces being infiltrated and run by a police unions run by white supremacists, but we're not even going to get into how the United States' military interventions, AFRICOM, the United States African Command, which was created by the U.S. State Department under Obama's administration, is all over the continent of Africa, in, um, installing puppet governments. The governments of Rwanda and Uganda, um, and who are also in many ways complicit in what's happening in the Congo as well, the genocide happening there. But to bring it back, it's like, literally, if, if we're going to be condemning groups, we need to condemn them all, starting with the United States government and then going to Britain and then going to Spain and, and all the rest. But it's so interesting how this stuff works. There was a group, um, I forget the name of it, but basically the CIA had given them $3.3 billion. This is a group that could be considered a terrorist group or a quote-unquote fundamentalist group. Sowing seeds of discord when there have been efforts to, um, in some sense, by the Palestinian Liberation Organization. That's another thing about, you know, entrusting Israel to some type of ceasefire or peace treaty when Israel 
invaded Lebanon in 1982, there was actually a ceasefire or some type of level of humanitarian pause. And then very shortly thereafter, Israel resumed attacking and bombing and killing Lebanese people. And a part of the reason why they were doing that was so that the PLO couldn't broker a, a peaceful diplomatic settlement. It was all a part of the U.S. and Israel strategy in order to create more fundamentalism, to cre use fundamentalism rather as a way to create and more destabilization in the region so that Israel can get on with the business of colonizing under the guise of, um, so Israel can get on with the business of, col of colonizing under the guise of fighting um, Islamic Fundamentalism. Again, these are all lies. And the United States is doing this in Yemen right now, literally funding the genocide of the Yemeni people by the Saudi government while failing to charge Mohammed bin Salman with any crimes against humanity or going before ICC, the International Criminal Court. They're not doing any of that. Why? Because Saudi is one of the United States' greatest allies in the region. They are pulling the strings. There is something very dangerous happening in the U.S. in particular. I'll speak to the U.S. I'll speak to Western white countries, particularly the U.S. where you have major publications like the Atlantic, the Amazon, Bezos um, Atlantic, saying there was an opinion piece saying decolonization is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. That decolonization is bad. Yep. And they're trying to sell a sexy two-state solution mm -hmm. as the answer to colonization. They yep. want they want to mass colonization as a two-state solution. They want to you do a smoke and mirrors move yeah. and say, "Hey, Palestinian people, you can be a second-class citizen here mm -hmm. and we can give you some level of statehood that's not even really statehood in land." Mm -hmm. Like I don't under even understand the language of a two-state solution or the language of an Israeli democracy where Palestinian people can't even vote. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When mm -hmm. Ethiopian Jews are deported at some of the highest rates. Palestinian people can't even, can't even navigate what's left of Palestinian land without going through checkpoints yeah. at every a few miles. Yes. Right. So that is not anything. I don't know what we're talking about. What, why do you have the jurisdiction, the power, the institutional power to even engage in such a conversation? It's the same world court that Angela Davis is saying decline mm -hmm. yeah. to yeah. hear black people's charge and decline yeah. to indict the United States government yeah. with genocide. Yeah. And might I add the same United States government that still has a million dollar bounty on Asada Shakur's head. The same United States government in concert with the United Nations that declined to intervene on her behalf when a delegation of black feminists wrote, I think including Angela Davis, wrote to the UN um, to have the trumped up murder charges um, dropped against her, a murder that she did not commit where there was no compelling evidence. And I guess the cold part is if you believe in the fallacy of the United States democracy, which a lot of these people who are, I support Israel 
or who are doing, who are, are I, who the, the I stand with Israel contingent are doing, then it would be much easier to believe in a fallacy and a delusion of a Israeli democracy. You don't believe there's a genocide here in the United States. You don't believe there's a genocide in Palestine. In Darfur or Tigray or in the Congo or so on and so forth. You just believe that these are um, natural and normal phenomena that people should be killed at these rates. That there has to be some diplomatic or um, policy explanation. Even people with the most neoliberal or leftist or progressive quote-unquote intentions are using the Palestinian genocide as a shoehorn for their virtues or their morals or to say what they believe or to seem like a good person or but yet the silence around the Congo I think and the silence around what's happening to black people here mm-hmm. like whenever I hear people say you know it's free Palestine I'm like we got to free everybody gotta be free mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Mao Zedong said the communist leader of um, during a, a well known political theorist and Marxist you know, say whoever controls the Congo controls the world. Mm-hmm. That is the extent to which the Congo has dealt with colonization and imperialism backed by the Belgian government and backed by the United States government. Mm-hmm. That's that's how much the natural resources that are estimated in the trillions yeah. that exist in the Congo, that's how much these world governments have their hands in the Congo and have their hands in genocide. So if we know that to be true, we know that that's happening. Is it just a matter? It's not just a matter of a lack of information about what's happening in the Sudan, which has been happening for a very long time. The earliest that I can even remember of people having t-shirts saying, you know, stop genocide in Sudan. It's like in 2003. Mm-hmm. So, I'm wondering, like, what is... There's something happening with people's memory. I, I don't know what it is. There's something happening where people collectively are, like, not connecting the dots. Maybe. Well, it, mm-hmm. it's it's not... It, it's not complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you've been conditioned to believe that black people are inferior, black people are supposed to die. Mm-hmm. A genocide in Sudan, in Congo, in uh, Oakland, in Baltimore, in Philly, in Newark. I mean, Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. Mm -hmm. Jackson, Mississippi still doesn't have clean water. Mm -hmm. All of this is to create genocide, Mm -hmm. right? If you don't have clean water, you cannot live. Mm There is not an uproar about this. That mm-hmm. is selective people talking about the intersections of environmental injustice and racism. But they're and not calling how it they genocide. are inextricably linked, mm-hmm. right? There is no calling it genocide. And mm-hmm. I think we have to hearken back to our most recent webinar. Yes, shameless plug, go listen to it, where we discuss at length racial capitalism. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the book Black Marxism by Cedric Robinson is a must read. Right. It will inform damn near every uh, uh, institution that is run by white supremacy and saying that the U.S. just wants to create a democracy, which is something that I heard a lot growing up in essentially a 9-11, post-9-11 uh, U.S. 
pre and post, but mostly when I'm talking about the post part, is this idea that they're creating a democracy in the Middle East. And that then is supposed to what? Free people? Right? No, that's not a democracy. It's a cover-up for racial capitalism Mm -hmm. is what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're trying to create structures so some people feel uh, uh, powerful and then other people feel inferior so that those people who are inferior can be create the conditions for the people who are powerful to remain powerful so they Mm -hmm. become domestic workers Mm -hmm. so they become the people that uh, tell on people so they can be policed Mm -hmm. right like all of these structures are set up so that white supremacy can thrive. Mm-hmm. That's all that it is. Mm-hmm. It is like you said, it, it, the state of Israel is uh, creating a state of Israel is all about land theft. <laughs> it's yes. all about money and oil. expansion, yes. oil and dispossession. And you cannot have racial capitalism without genocide, without great violence, yes. without the institution of gender, without mm. the institution of race. Mm. Right. And I don't what the part that gets me is this arguing that uh, Israelis are not white. Right. Like this is not an issue of race. Yes, Yes, it it is. (laughs) Because the issue of Sudan and the Congo is a perfect example. It's like, why is this not being talked about? There, to my understanding, there wasn't a big court conversation happening at the UN about Sudan and Congo. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last time I checked, there, there wasn't a conversation and there's been 10 million people displaced and murdered. Yep. In Sudan alone. Yes. 10 million people. Yes. And that doesn't even account for the amount of people who have been uh, displaced. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I just, I feel like there's no, we get, when I say we, I say that very generally, get, uh, gaslit to believe that these issues are, uh, complicated mm-hmm. simply because people don't read. And I do think that there is a, um, I don't know if it's social media. I don't know what it is that people just, the memory, it's just no memory. It's I, like I people just forget. But is it really memory? Is it really people forgetting or is it, I don't want to, I don't want to underestimate the power of, Cold War era propaganda. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to under. Uh, I don't want to underestimate how malleable mm-hmm. the human brain is. How subject, how sensitive and subject we are to messaging. How sensitive and subject we are to power. Mm-hmm. That's that's how power works. I, Eisen, you know, motherfucking Eisenhower. You know, he called the Middle East the most strategically important area in the world. Hmm. Well, they're, they're, they're protecting their interests in the Middle East for not just geopolitical reasons in the region, but so that those geopolitical concerns can support a predominantly white United States. Yeah. In their minds. Yeah. There, it, it is to support a white populace so that they can 
50 years later, 60 years later after that statement is made, be online talking about we love Israel and we stand with Israel and all type of celebrities and shit saying we love Israel and everybody else got Israeli flags and all type of shit on their pages. and Literally the creation of Zionism says that they must, uh, uh, they must create a land. Like they, it says that it, the, literally the purpose is to colonize. Mm -hmm. If you read the Herzl person's literature, mm -hmm. like that's what, what he said. Like, mm -hmm. I don't really understand why anybody is arguing mm -hmm. that decolonization is incorrect. Literally the fool that created it said, this is what they're doing. So that's, so I was reading a bit about the concept of Lebensbrom, Lebensbrom, I'm probably ruining that, but I'll spell it L-E-B-E-N-S-R-A-U-M, which is the territory that a state or nation believes is needed for its natural development, especially associated with Nazi Germany. So this was happening mostly during the Holocaust, well, right actually before the Holocaust, where Nazis would go into certain areas of Germany to try to expand and they would be kicked out. And what they did is they blamed them losing on Jewish people and people who were not considered the Germanic race. So I feel like there's 100% parallels to this with Palestine and we are not with what uh, Israel is doing to occupy Palestine. And I don't think we're talking about the parallel enough that Israel is currently doing that to the Palestinian people, literally just making up reasons why they deserve that land, like naturally why they deserve it, connecting it to scientific racism, which we know is an age old tactic by colonizers. In October, you know, the black Alliance for peace which is an organization folks really need to get familiarized with that that constantly talks about AFRICOM, which is the United States African Command in on the continent that essentially is just U.S. governments, um, U.S. military and U.S. military-backed governments of many countries in the, on the continent um, engaging in surveillance and counter-revolution in those places mm -hmm. in order to shore up interest for the West, in order to shore up interest for the United States government. This is the Department of Defense created um program mm -hmm. um that is often not thought about or not talked about and it has its direct roots in the destabilization of the continent um in talking about the congo um the united states government we from by now we know from when patrice lumumba was assassinated by the um in part by you know lackeys and you know puppeteers um a part of um the belgian government and the u.s government mm -hmm. or congolese mm -hmm. uh, people doing the bidding of the u.s government and belgium we know that the united states is a is an imperialist force on the continent but yet we're not necessarily present to that or talking to it talking to it now because people don't care about black people Yes. I that think is that, that yeah. is the long I mean, mm -hmm. there is literally I mean, we have been saying this since twenty seventeen, which mm -hmm. is the sad part. There is literally a genocide against black trans women in this mm -hmm. country, mm -hmm. hands down, like period, end of story. And there is not a a a, a damn uproar about mm -hmm. it. There's not. Yeah. It's not. So the people do not care about mm -hmm. black people. 
Mm-hmm. And they serve. What do white people do when they go to Africa? They take pictures with little kids. They go there as saviors. They throw money at them. Mm-hmm. They feed them. They kill them. And they kill them. them and all like types all shit. types. Yeah. Of, mm-hmm. it's true. Like Israel. I mean, I think. I think because Israelis are absolutely positively seen as white because race hap- is is a is phenotype. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely seen as white. There is this idea that what's happening there is not primitive how they're being, mm-hmm. right? They're protecting their country. That's what mm-hmm. people have been saying. Mm-hmm. Israel's protecting their country. Mm-hmm. Sudan, Congo, w- 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 what's the conversation about that? It's just a genocide. Mm-hmm. It's not... Su- I don't even think people think it's a genocide. No, I think people think it's a genocide. I just think they don't care. They well, right. see the numbers. They don't care. The U.S. media, if we turn the news on, we never watch the news. But if we turn the news on right now, would we see it even down in the little, like, turnstile thing that goes at the bottom of the page? <laughs> the view, they want to talk about um, Israel every three seconds. Have they talked about Congo? Have they talked to a Congolese-American person or a Sudanese-American person or a Haitian-American person or a black trans woman about how black trans women are not? No, they don't give a fuck. Why do you think that people... Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. That's that's huge. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why you get people saying, you know, I mean, white people saying, you know, black people are making this about them, and it's really white people making this about them because it is uh-huh. these genocides really all serve mm-hmm. to uphold and support mm-hmm. white people in Western countries mm-hmm. so that they can live in Brooklyn and walk around and go yep. to a coffee shop and open a coffee shop and. Have a business and have the stocks and the S and P and five hundred can go up and the news can write about it and the news can write about Trump and this these all these different civil trials and the fact that he's still not being held account still not in jail none of that all of that is feeding into the war machine. It's like that. I do think that you're 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 on the money, babe. Where you are calling out like this is the issue that y'all want to get behind. 2020 the happened. Left, this whites and the right. Yeah. Right. 2020 yes. happened. 2020 happened. Everybody wanted to talk about black people dying. And they only want to talk about who? Black cis men dying. Yeah. It was very rare to even see people talk about black cis women. Right? Like Kimberly Crenshaw had to come back and hit y'all with intersectionality again mm-hmm. for y'all to be clear. Reclaim that, it from Reclaim, y'all. right. Reclaim it from people to understand that that was happening. And then queer and trans people always talking about the black trans people that are continuously dying, not mm-hmm. just at the hands of police, but also at the hands of police. And why is that not a geopolitical issue, black trans people, particularly black trans women and families? You know why? You know why? Why is that not seen as a complex issue? The same reason. The same reason why it was okay (laughs) to heckle and chastise me about saying I want East to be gay. Mm -hmm. The same reason you don't think I should be alive. Mm You don't think that I should have survived Mm -hmm. Mm preeclampsia. You don't think that I should be a mom. Mm -hmm. You don't see me as a mom because you don't see me as human. Yes. We are not seen as human. Yes. And that is why the the struggle for freedom with Palestinian people, why it's said that it's inextricably linked to black people is because they are also not seen as human. Mm-hmm. Like they're literally the government is saying out of their mouth 
2023, mm-hmm. 2022, 2020, they don't deserve to live. They don't deserve COVID yeah. supplies. They don't deserve the vaccine. Mm-hmm. They are animals literally saying mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is what? We don't need to say that the Sudanese, the Congolese is inextricable. We are the same goddamn people. Mm-hmm. But it's important to say that the struggle for freedom with Palestinians is inextricably linked because Palestinians get free, right? Palestinians get free imagining this is what it requires, right? Freedom is a process. This book says freedom is a constant struggle, which is Dr. Jen M. Jackson reminds us of. Freedom is a constant struggle, Angela Davis said, right? Like the, the, the freedom of Palestinian people, if Palestinian people wage against the state, that is freedom for everybody. If Congolese people wage against the state, that is freedom for everybody, right? Like we have to, black people, black American people continue to wage against and win and not in these neoliberal ways. You mean wage war. <laughs> wage wage war, wage whatever freedom against a colonial state is going to require violence. That's something that mm-hmm. I am reckoning with, but that is just the truth of the matter. You cannot fight violence with peace signs and I don't know, fucking uh, heart emojis. That's not possible. Well, there's an article in Al Jazeera from a white columnist that says they disagree with power they disagree with France Fanon and and saying that um, you know colonization requires violence and that um, in order to decolonize it requires violence and they're connecting that to saying that Palestinian people or Hamas should not fight back against the Israeli government in a violent ways because that's not actually going to work and that a white and a white person is saying I don't see the utility. In violence, and white people often say they don't see the utility in violence or armed resistance because they don't want it to happen to them. But you don't see the utility. Of, <laughs> but you don't see the utility of violence. But that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. So why are you only talking about Hamas? Yeah. Why aren't you talking about the fact that Palestinians can't even move? Mm-hmm. The fact that there's thousands upon thousands of Palestinians mm-hmm. in Israeli jails, children. For doing nothing. Yeah. So what are you talking about? Yeah. That you don't think violence is the answer. Okay. So can you please go tell the colonizer that that is the case? Yes. We're not, we're not getting anywhere by trying to rewrite the definition of colonialism. You have to accept that you're a colonizer. And here's the gag for me. <laughs> the gag for me. Mm-hmm. If uh, the state of Israel was created in Europe right next to Germany. I would be all for it. Yeah. Take or in Germany. Yeah. Take your land back from the people who intentionally harmed you. Yeah. Take it back. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. That's why a white person would say, I don't think it's violence because it's not violence. When it happens to white. No, it's not violence when it happens to somebody that's not white. Mm -hmm. It's just supposed to happen. It's not violence. No, it's I, not seen as violence. It's, it's not just seen not. as violence when it happens. It, right. But mm-hmm. it's but it's more like there has to be a peaceful intervention against coloni- co- colonial and imperialistic violence. And the reason why it has to be that way is because white people find it hard to imagine white people 
enduring violence. Even the most leftist of white people, I think they find it very hard to imagine. Zelensky said it themselves. People told you online that when you talked about Palestine, that you hate Ukrainian people. Yeah. They're saying that Zelensky said himself, the, the president of the Ukraine, I couldn't believe with my own two eyes seeing blonde hair and blue eyes being killed. Being killed. Mm-hmm. Not enacting violence. So you saying that... Black people, pe- black, uh, uh, non-black people of color are just supposed to be docile. We are not supposed... That is... But also about looked this- as hyper-violent. Yeah, of course, because that's their assumption. We are supposed... You know that black people will cower in the presence of a white person. They will much rather slap a black person in the face mm-hmm. than even call a white person out. Mm-hmm. They ha- Hello? Gay baby. Yeah. It, it's not happening to white people. Black Those black people don't have those white people on their page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? Because black episode. people, and we, let, let us lead into the next episode, in a lot of ways have been conditioned to be fearful of white people mm-hmm. because of how powerful the institution of whiteness is. We are not supposed to do anything. We are just supposed to lay there and take it and thank them for the fucking crumbs that they give, if ever. And that's the dangerous part of why about not looking at the full picture of all the genocides that are happening and to yes. and un- underestimating global anti-blackness as it iterates itself on the continent, as it iterates itself in Palestine, as it iterates itself all around the world, mm-hmm. which is why a Arab government or a Sudanese government would fancy itself white, would fancy itself as antagonistic to black African or black ethnic groups that live there mm-hmm. alongside them, mm-hmm. why they would try to separate themselves and collude with white per- government. Yeah. Um, Their life depends on it. Right. They think it does. Mm-hmm. No, it does. <laughs> but the, the thing about it, mm-hmm. I'm for, it, it but, that, but that's what I'm saying. It's a lot of the danger is that if you're not looking at, these genocides and you're not also looking at resistance movements that have existed and do exist. This yeah. is why the myth of a, a Palestinian terrorism is so pervasive mm-hmm. because there is no, there is no thought that if a motherfucking white person come and colonize or take your land, that there's that we, we don't even have information about all the myriad ways that colonized groups and colonized people have responded to that colonization. Mm-hmm. have fought back against that colonization mm-hmm. that how the Congolese have fought back against that and, and have lost their lives the most popular and famous example is Patrice Lumumba but there are countless others yep since King Leopold yep you know was in the Congo like mm-hmm. fighting against those white governments and forces yep. so that's why the narrative of a docile or subservient or servile people persist is because it's it's just not a, it's just a fallacy but it persists so that we can be fearful yeah it's a rewriting and retelling of history no i'm so not that, saying it persists i'm saying yeah. that i'm sorry that it, no no you didn't say no you didn't oh say okay it. i'm just saying that if people think martin luther king and malcolm x were murdered mm-hmm. by the state mm-hmm. they both were murdered one of them said be docile essentially and the other and not necessarily martin luther king did say also that you to be violent, but he's positioned as nonviolent. Mm-hmm. But Malcolm X was absolutely not. 
um, nonviolent. So both of these people have lost their lives. Both of them were seen as a threat because <laughs> black. Martin Luther King was saying nonviolent to be nonviolent. So, but in some pieces, he was saying you you need to go stand up for yourself. He yeah, didn't yeah. always say nonviolent. That's, That's true. just I think how that is. Parochial. White people are. You we know. have a very white, but again, we have a whitewashed rendering of black people's yeah, it, global struggles. When we say freedom is a constant struggle, that struggle includes armed resistance. I feel like post twenty twenty, people regard black people like it's police brutality is over. Mm. We did it. White people, you marched. Mm-hmm. You put your signs on the lawn. You put them in the windows. And as you mm-hmm. uh, essentially remove black people from the apartments that you live in that are now so overpriced that um, most of the culture and the whole uh, energy of New York City feels completely different. Right. Mm-hmm. You did all that. And still it's police brutality, but there's this belief. It feels to me like the energy feels to me like it's done. Excuse me. It feels to me like it's done. Like they Mm -hmm. think that it's done. Like it's over. It's not a conversation that we need to have anymore. Mm -hmm. We don't need to talk about anti-black racism and Palestine. When Mm -hmm. I talked about the connections between me as a black person talking about Palestine and the impact, people are like, it's not about you. That's what people wrote to Mm me. Yeah. That's if, yeah, but those same people say, well, oh, you know, I'm worried about how black people's widespread and very forceful, powerful, um, ubiquitous and effective support of Palestinian people, how that can interrupt black and Jewish historical solidarity that started mm-hmm. the civil rights movement, which is also just not true. Mm-hmm. These are the same people telling black people, y'all making it about y'all. It's too complex for y'all small skulls and brains to understand. And also, like, don't be... So we don't want to, like, lose that old feeling or that good thing that we have, us black people and Jewish people, this rosy rendering of uh, black and Jewish relations in the U.S. specifically that's not fraught at all. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. they, these are the same people that are saying the same thing. They're saying these things. Yeah. Very contradictory, very duplicitous. Yep. So it's like there is a push that I'm just telling. It's not it's, connected. These people are mind. not seeing the connections they, with these things. I think they know it's, it's connected. Just, I supported you. Support me. <laughs> there is no studying. There's political education is lacking. Because the connections are not being made. The political education the, is not lacking. It yes, is just, it is. It's widespread. No, no, no. Political man. education is lacking. Mm. People are not reading. How is it that last week, damn near, the Supreme Court stopped, overturned Roe v. Wade? <laughs> it overturned Roe v. Wade. Literally creating uh, so many barriers to people wanting an abortion. But now you support Israel, the same st- the same country that just overturned Roe v. Wade. Now you support Israel. Mm-hmm. Like you, you people have to see. People are not connecting the dots. The same people, content creators that I saw, uh, I call them content creators, because not educators. Content, sorry, content creators that said. I, you know, I'm so upset about Roe v. Wade were some of the same people were that were like, I stand with Israel. Or saying that, uh, and also the, the other people who 
want to appeal to both sides and serve two masters and say, well, it's okay to be upset with Hamas. Yeah. So now, you don't hear no, that that much no more. No. And also, I think this, this is... This is some is, great myth busting. This is also a great time to talk about white feminism as well because the leaders of some of the uh, the biggest companies that supply, that, the supply weapons to the U.S. military are run... Uh, the CEO are white cis women, Northrop Grumman, Lockheed Martin, mm-hmm. just to name those two right now is white cis women. So again, white people will be whiting. They'll be whiting. They'll be whiting. I think it's really important. And it's also when you mention that too, you think there are ethno-nationalist Zionist racists of all backgrounds. And I think there is an allure to support in Israel, just like there is an allure. I mean, you see some white Jew, some white Jewish people going to Palestine, give filming themselves on Instagram, giving out money, and white Jewish people going on tours to explain to other white Jewish people why why what Israel is doing is wrong, but also getting hella money in the process and getting hella clout in the process for something that they are completely far removed from as a white person. I mean, this is becoming Palestinian people's death. It's becoming a part of the political economy in a lot of ways, just like black people's death becomes a part of political economy um, with nonprofits and other yes. organizations and, you know, police yes. reformists and all that shit. Yes. Literally you know white saying? people going to Palestine to hand out money. I mean, it's the and same. filming themselves. It's the same. Filming themselves. It's the same. It. I mean, they do the same thing in Congo and Sudan. In South Africa, in Ethiopia, in Ghana, in Nigeria, all over the continent. Yes. It's the same. Yes. Okay, take us out with a quote. What you got? Um, I mean, the last thing I'll mention is I think my whole point is that as a black person, I feel that I have a vested interest in absolutely calling attention to genocides that are happening all around the world. Yes. And... As we hear the rallying cry of from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. The rallying cry that is not uh, calling for any type of violence or annihilation of Jews. That's also another myth that I, I just been waiting just to let motherfuckers know. I mean, I feel like people know now, but like there has been more political education and mm-hmm. myth busting around the fact that, you know, if it's okay for Netanyahu to say from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, mm-hmm. Israel does, will need to rule from the Mediterranean Sea to the Jordan River. I think there's now been some acknowledgement, even if it is reluctant acknowledgement, that that is not a slogan or a political phrase that is calling for the annihilation of Jewish people. We all, we, is that correct that people know that now? I'm not really on that. No, I think you have to just reiterate that. Just say say that point. Yes. That is not calling for that. It's not calling for no no murder of Jewish people. Mm -mm. The only people that are trying to harm Jewish people are the same people that have been trying to harm Jewish people for a long time. Anti-Semitic people and the people that created anti-Semitism are white supremacists. Mm-hmm. They are most concerned about their race being quote unquote tainted. Mm-hmm. And white evangelical as, Christians. And evangelical Christians. As long as Jewish people want to be white, Jewish people want to be seen as white, which they in a lot of ways have petitioned the state to be seen that way in the United mm-hmm. States. 
then this is this this. It, it, but even if you don't petition, or even if you don't fancy or see yourself as white, if you support the Israeli government under the premise that Israel deserves to colonize and should be able to annihilate and ethnically cleanse the Palestinian people, then it's not about whether or not you are Zionist or not. You are literally complicit in genocide. I don't know how it this... doesn't matter how much webinars you get or how much political education, or how much books you read. If you cannot understand on a very basic level, what has happened, you don't need a whole bunch of literature and scholarship to understand that. I don't know how this is any different than the English escaping quote unquote prosec- uh, persecution in England and leaving because they were Protestant to go praise Jesus in the way they wanted to. And they came to a place where people already fucking lived mm-hmm. and decided to dispossess and cause genocide to indigenous Americans. I don't know how this is mm-hmm. any fucking different. Mm-hmm. Those uh, English white people said that they were escaping persecution that did not mean that they could go and cause harm to other people. I just don't understand why that is not clear. If if they wanted to cause persecution in England, I don't think anybody would have been mad. <laughs> they just wanted to celebrate their God, but they came to the U.S. Turtle Island and did some other shit. It's like, y'all, you cannot try to rewrite History. None of these colonial powers give a fuck about anything but money, power, and lands, oil. All, that's all they care about. Yes, and continuing white evangelical Christians. This is that's all they want. That's all they want. They don't even care about Jewish people. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the U.S. to take out Netanyahu in some way and put in a puppet government to really show what they're about. It's like I already did. That is the puppet government. No, no, no. I don't think that's the puppet government. Because I really think the U.S. is trying to put a Christian leader in that seat and it's coming. I really profoundly I, believe I it. can't put nothing past it. I think there is some evidence to support that. But right now, Netanyahu is the puppet. Yeah, I believe that. And I the believe UN that. And like two dogs walking each other on a leash. I believe that. That's the U.S. and, and Israel. I believe that. I believe that. So I, I think that it's important to just everybody got to really look at the propaganda machine and how it is feeding people's interest and desire in talking about Palestine and also interest and desire and support in Israel. Yeah. Um, and talking about Palestine at the exclusion of other genocides and thinking that these are, like Audre Lorde said, that these are single issues. Yeah. And that is not how this works. Yeah. Um, you know, you go from saying, you, you're using the term Gazan, and Gazan is now a catch-all, and it's a lighter phrase, so mm. that you don't have to say Palestinian people. Mm. So that you don't have to acknowledge who is actually being harmed, mm. and to what extent. You don't have to talk about Afro-Palestinian people be, or or Ethiopian Jews, be, so that you so because in in the the international mind, the white mind, a Arab person is is a white person in a lot of ways until they're not, you know. Um, so I think it's just a lot. It's just a lot. It's a lot. I felt like we tried to cover a lot of ground. I have a lot more quotes. I, I think could have we read. carried a lot. Of, we covered a lot, a lot of, of quotes. See all the quotes on our Patreon, and mm-hmm. the link will be in the description. Like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. 
We on SoundCloud. We on Spotify. We on iTunes. We on whatever it is. White, you know, White Cis Man app that you're listening to right now. Mm-hmm. Like, share, subscribe. And you can find out how to support the podcast in the description of the podcast. And, you know, subscribe to our Patreon if you would like to support in that way. And to get um, more political education resources. Yes. Ebony has a lot. He wanted to say more. So a lot of the we also wanted to read from Geographies of Liberation. So we will put all of this on our Patreon. And Israel's dead soul. So y- yes. So you have access to it and that we continue to contribute to political education so that we have a revolution because that's what it's going to require. Free Congo, free Sudan, free the whole yes. continent, free Niger, free um, Nigeria, free free Oakland, free Brooklyn, free Crown Heights, free Newark, free. I mean, the list Flint, goes on. Jackson, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yes, free Black trans people. That's right.